What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Baseball Connection. We are at the end, pretty much the end of spring training. And as you can expect, there have been a flurry of roster moves. You know, it's a new week. This is game week. You know, we have the opening game of the season for every club. I think every club is playing on opening day. That's going to be on Thursday. Thursday is opening day, first game of the season. And what they actually find pretty cool about that is spring training is we actually have, you know, for example, the Angels and Dodgers always play their subway series at their home ballparks. And they're not the only ones who do this. A lot of teams head back to their home ballpark for the last game or two of spring training. And that's always good to see. You just get to see, you know, it's one thing to watch a game on TV and see it in a you know Grapefruit League or Cactus League setting. But just to see it in a major league ballpark again, that's always exciting to me. That's always exciting to me. Just a couple exhibition games. And later this week, we will be playing real games that count, folks. So get excited for that because I absolutely am. So the notable, the notable announcements to make, I should say. So the Twins have signed Randy Dobnak to a five-year extension. You might be wondering who Randy Dobnak is. Some of you know who he is. Some of you might not. So I'll go ahead and just give you all the rundown because some people don't know. Randy Dobnak is a right-hander, right-handed pitcher with the Minnesota Twins. What's so special about him? Well, the interesting thing about Randy Dobnak is that he came up to the big leagues a couple years ago, but he was, he was, I mean, a long shot to ever make it to the major leagues. I mean, you're talking about a guy who was driving Uber. He was Uber driving and playing independent baseball at some time. He was driving Uber to supplement his income that he was making barely making anything in indie ball. And now he just signed a five-year extension with the Minnesota Twins at the major league level. Isn't that isn't that something? So I mean, talk about humble beginnings. Because you don't hear about that very often. I mean, it's not worth a whole lot of money, but for him it's life-changing money. It's five years, nine point two five million dollars guaranteed. And there are some, you know, escalators and some incentives in there which can bring it all the way up to twenty nine point seven five. But just to have nine point two five million dollars guaranteed, I mean, this is a guy who came up in twenty nineteen, and he was pitching for the Twins. He pitched so well, he made the postseason roster that he actually had his wedding coincide with the playoffs. And at the time that he and his then fiance had booked the wedding and arranged it, he did not think that there would be a chance he'd be playing baseball in October because he was in the minor leagues. He didn't think there'd be any chance to be, I mean, the, the minor league season usually ends in early September. So he thought, okay, we make an October wedding and we'll be good for that. And he made it to the major leagues and all of a sudden he was faced with this conundrum. I think they ended up working it out. He didn't have to uh, miss his wedding and, you know, he didn't have to miss any innings and stuff like that. But I remember that being a story when, you know, he was a rookie in 2019. I mean, that was a stellar rookie year for him. He barely pitched, really, in the regular season, but in 28 innings, he had a 1.59 ERA. Last year, 46 innings. Took a bit of a step back, a 4.05 ERA, but the Twins like what they see with him. The Twins like, like what they see with him. He's a guy who, he's kind of a tweener. He can be a starter. He can come out of the pen as a long man for you because he doesn't really fit the mold of, you know, a right-handed starter in today's game, really, because um, his fastball isn't great as far as velo, 
He's only in the 31st percentile for velocity and 5th percentile for spin rate. But he's been better than average at avoiding barrels and getting below average exit velo with a lot of ground balls and pounding the strike zone. He, he, he very seldom walks, guys. So that recipe has worked for him thus far. It's earned him a long-term home in Minnesota, even though, like I said, his fastball, it's only averaging 91.4 miles an hour, but he's got strong arm side run. It's been particularly effective against righties. So Randy Dobnak goes from independent ball and Uber driving to a five-year extension with the Twins. This is, I mean, this is definitely going to be the primary source of his career earnings. I mean, this is this is it. I mean, because he's going to reach free agency for the first time just before his age 34 season, so it's unlikely that he'll get another big deal. But, I mean, congrats to Randy Dobnak for securing the bag and securing the future for himself and his family. So that's that's that. In other news, the Marlins are sending Sixto Sanchez down to their alternate site. To begin the season, so Sixto Sanchez, the the you know top pitching prospect, you know phenom, you might say, in Miami, is going to start the year in the minors. And the first thing you might think when you read that is like, okay, they're manipulating his service time, but not so fast because he already racked up a lot of service time last year, 103 days. So he would only need to rack up 69 days of service time to reach a full year this season. So they would have to keep him down in the minors for at least 118 days to delay his free agency by another season. So it's obviously not something they, they can't just send him down for a few. It's not like a Jared Kellenick or these other guys that have their service time manipulated. They send him down for three weeks and bring them out back at the end of the month. That's not the case here because they would have to keep him down. I mean, 118 days, that's almost four months. So obviously that's not going to happen. The thing is, with Sixto Sanchez, he, he's been behind in camp after being in COVID-19 protocols early on. He didn't actually make his Grapefru Grapefruit League debut until March 15, just two weeks ago. He only appeared in three games and tallied just eight innings of work, so he's, he's behind. And it's understandable that the Marlins don't want to drop him right into the big league rotation before he's sufficiently stretched out. So they're going to be able to carry an extra reliever or an extra bench player, and some early off days in their schedule are actually going to give them the luxury of skipping that fifth spot of the rotation until mid-April. And then at that point, Sixto Sanchez will probably be, probably be ready for his 2021 debut. But apparently the Marlins are eyeing an innings target of about 150 to 160 innings for him in what's going to be his first full season in the big leagues. So, I mean, I'm excited to see him pitch. I, I was really, I, I had a great time watching him pitch last year and in the postseason with the Marlins in their, you know, unlikely postseason run. So he'll be up in a few weeks when he gets stretched out and he can and he can take on a, a bigger workload. The Mets are still talking to Francisco Lindor. I mean, it seems like they're running out of time. So Frankie said that, you know, he's not gonna negotiate during during the season. But Apparently, the Mets have actually made him a franchise record offer worth $325 million over 10 years. So he has an offer on the table, 10 years, 325 right now. So either he's going he's gonna to take this or maybe the Mets are going to up their offer, but they're 
running out of time. They only have a couple days left. But um, it's believed the Mets will not make Lindor another proposal before his deadline. But the expectation across the industry is that the two sides will hammer out an agreement. But uh, definitely it, it helps the fact that the Mets have baseball's richest owner, Steve Cohen, who had dinner with Frankie Lindor over the weekend. And, um, yeah, so they have a deadline for March 31st. Today is the 29th. So either it's going to happen or it's not going to happen in the next two days. And we'll have that here for you if it does. But 10 years, 325, that's that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Uh, that's, a, that's a strong faith offer from the Mets, in my opinion, as long as it's not one of those weird ones that they, where it's like all this deferred money and stuff like that. Because sometimes teams do that. They put like this big dollar figure out there so the fans think that the team is really trying, but it's all like deferred money for like decades. So the players aren't really seeing that money. And obviously uh, with inflation, the, you know, the present day value of that contract is not what it seems. So that's something to keep in mind. We don't know the full details. But thought I would mention it because... It has been reported. It has been reported. But, yeah, we're, we're coming down to the wire, folks. We're, we're sneaking up on opening day. And that's where we stand. So those are the updates I have. That's going to do it for today. If you enjoyed this, please share with someone who'd be interested. And we'll see you next time on Baseball Connection.